ターンアップ All right, everyone. Welcome out to another new episode of Talking Toku, and it's a special episode.、Um, at the time of recording, we are approaching the season finale of Common Rider Saber, and we decided that this episode is going to be all about Common Rider Saber. And you know, it's been we're forty six episodes in, with forty seven vastly approaching. I am not ready for this to be over, but with me. As always, my co-host Scott. Hello, everybody, and I'm caught up. I, I'm like so happy that I'm caught up with Saber now. Again, took you long enough. I know, Ren and Desast. Hmm. Yes, we will be diving into some of our favorite moments. An overview. We're not going to be going episode by episode. We're just gonna, you know, talk about the show as a whole. Sp- you know, specific plot points. You know, kind of not really a review, more like a a discussion, so to speak, of Saber as a whole, from suits to gimmicks to merch, because we can't have an episode without merch. And yeah, so are we touching on some of the story plot、uh, storylines? I just said that. I said we were going to be specific for every episode, but we we're going to talk about plot points、okay. and oh, moments. Sorry, I. When you said plot, I would say hint of guard. Of course you are. If、uh, anyone's looking to be a co-host of a Toku-related podcast, please let me know on social media. We have to let go of Scott. <laughs> But jumping right into it, no delay. Counter Saber is the thirty-first season of Common Rider. It is the second season of the Reiwa era, following Zero One. And yeah, so you know, it's it's good. It was writ- this one is written by、uh, one of my writer, the screenwriter from one of my favorite seasons, Comrade Ghost. It's a、uh, Takuro Fukuda, Fukuda. Sorry, he was the head writer also for Ghost. He also was a secondary writer for Ultraman Max and Ultra Seven X. So you know he can write. And yeah, he's a great writer. Wonderful way of storytelling, and I, especially the way that Ghost handled itself through the entire series. You know, dude knows how to tell a story,、he's、especially a story about stories. I was gonna say he's also good with、uh, making entertaining secondary characters because. May has been the glue of this whole entire series. Absolutely, but yeah. So we're forty. There's going to be forty-eight episodes total because the theme is books. I think it's entertaining that forty-seven is technically the last episode, and forty-eight is going to be an epilogue. So I'm like, ooh, they're really, they're really catering to the book motif of this season. And we have to just a just a side note, a sidebar, so to speak. We have to take into consideration this show was produced, filmed, and everything else in a p- pandemic, and we still got a quality show that, for me, definitely in the top ten. 
probably in the top five for me for Common Rider Seasons. Agreed, because I think uh, being filmed in a pandemic and especially with not a lot of people around set like they normally are during filming, you know, the mysterious uh, aura between each episode is fantastic. Oh, yeah. And we also, there's a lot of uh, side media for this as well. Uh, so outside of the regular, you know, show, we also had the special, which was the Phoenix Swordsman and the Book of Ruin. We also had the Saber plus Zenkaiser superhero Senki. But we had a lot of specials, too. We had the Swordsman Chronicles, which was a nice little run. We had the um, manga, which followed more of a Agami. And then, you know, we, we had two crossovers for Saber, Cross Ghost, and then Spectre, Cross Blades. Still holding out that there's going to be a third. That would be really nice, because why not? Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of extra, like, stuff to go along with it that really built to the lore and world building of this, you know, this, this thing. We even had a crossover Zenkaiser. We had Zenkaiser. We had, well, we had two Kaiser in an episode of Saber. Then we also had Daredal and Sabella in an episode of Zenkaiser. And like they, there was a lot in this season, especially from the standpoint of we had, 11 riders in the season. And I think that is the most amazing thing about having 11 riders during a pandemic telling an amazing story that they did. That kudos to Toei and the entire crew for pulling that off. Also, technically it would be 13 if we count the fact that Solomon and Storios have books and they actually say Henshin. So if that counts also, there's 13. How many nights of the round table were there? I don't even know. I'm still salty, but we'll get into that. Okay. Like, uh, it's mm, no, because yeah, we'll get into that when we get to it. So obviously it's book themed. We've seen the gimmicks. So uh, really quick, going to go over the quick, quick plot of this. So uh, from the official commentator fandom, because that's my favorite website to go to, because they just it's like a Wikipedia for commentator. Any season you want, you click on it, it has all the late. You find out who writes like everything you could want to know. You just go to the Common Rider fandom website. Uh, so, yeah, so here's their official plot point. So long ago, a sect of swordsmen known as the Sword of Logos protected the Great Book, a powerful tome of history that contains everything known to man, myths, creatures, stories, science, technology, and the evolution of human civilization. However, thousands of years ago, a trader working for the Megid tried to steal it for himself. As a result, the book vanished and each of the pages scattered across the world. Now we're in present day and the novelist, Toma Kamiyama, even though we'll get into it. I like how Storos calls him Kamiyama Toma with his little tone. Uh, he keeps having dreams of another dimension and witnesses swordsmen and monsters coming out of a storybook. 
had a mystery girl calling for him, blah, 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 you know, and then he becomes Commodore Saber because I'm not reading all this. It's like five paragraphs. That's the gist of it. He's a commentator. He's a novelist. He has books. Books are their gimmicks. And they're trying to basically stop this magical wonder world from basically eradicating Earth. So um, with Commander Saber, the best thing that I love is the arcs are like a good story. It's done like in chapters. Oh yeah, that's the best thing. The, each episode labeled chapter one, chapter you know. You can't get better than that. That is great storytelling because it tells you a huge story because you know the first part of the story you have the uh, Megadoids, uh, Zeus. Um, I'm blanking on the other two. Oh, for, um, well, we had, technically we had Storios counts as a Megad. And then we have Legale, Zeus, and Desas. Right. Thank you very and much. Then we, and then we have the Shimi, uh, henchman, the fodder, so to speak. I, all that I care about is Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus, uh, this stole the show for many uh, weeks. It's true. Ze- like Zeus with the random backflips for no reason. It's like, I'm going to do a backflip. It's like, thanks, Zeus. Why are you doing backflips? <laughs> What's worse, Zeus doing backflips or Ren doing uh, all the noodles in his depression? Uh, I don't know. The fact that he didn't like the freaking ginger is what I'm still caught up on. Cause like, dude, you're not going to put the pickled ginger in your noodles. Like what's wrong with you? Like that's, that's key. Yes. You're, you're not wrong, but at the same time, would you expect anything less than Ren? I mean, Ren has basically had the best character development out of everyone in this show. hundred percent. Absolutely, and he finally got to live out his dream by fighting side by side with Kento. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely, you know, what else things where it's like some of the character like there was a good balance for a while, of, um, just everyone getting proper like screen time, but man, I don't. Some people fell off. Some people started off strong. We've already talked about this non-recording wise. So I guess we'll jump right into the elephant of the room, so to speak. Why don't you uh, give your opinion? Uh, I guess we'll go through each character and like, you know, the good, the bad, how they've been showcased. But let's talk about Sabella real quick. So why don't you give your thoughts? Okay, Sabella, when she came... Into the show, I was so uh, infatuated with her and her uh, personality. And off air, I mentioned to Mark this morning that, you know, her character development kind of fell flat. I've now reverted back to me being high on her, which 
is a great emotional roller coaster because her development is so key to telling a great story with her brother Darren Ball. Yeah. What is your opinion? Um, I just, I mean, for a while there, I was like, all right, this is not, you know, uh, when she showed up, it was like, okay, this is, uh, interesting. This is going somewhere. Like, I think if she had a few more episodes and like I brought up, which we're going to talk about, like, so if they gave her to s- some more dialogue for, from a character standpoint, like if they mentioned maybe, I don't know that she, when her brother was brought in, it was basically cause she wasn't really, you know, doing too, too good. Uh, she wasn't, you know, serving the master logos properly and stopping people. And I think personally, if they had given something like she was trying to, you know, prove that she's as good as her brother or her brother or the set up the, the, the arc that like maybe her brother was like the the golden child of the sort of logos. And, you know, Master Logos, that was his like right hand man. And Sabella was kind of like beneath him in the rankings and in held in regard, but have like storylines like, you know. No, I could prove I'm just as good as him. You don't need to have him come in. I can handle this. Like, not from a jealousy standpoint, though, but from just like a standpoint of, okay, let's let her have some development of it's not that she doesn't respect her her uh, brother. It's more or less that like she is trying to prove like prove herself, but it didn't happen that way. I still really enjoy um, her character. I think she had some of the best. uh, Her form was great. The smoke and everything else. I was like, this is so good. Uh, But yeah, this uh, her character kind of just lacked any development and personality. It wasn't until like the Zenkaiser crossover episode where I was like, okay, I like this. This is cool. Like she started having comedy moments in Saber whenever someone was like too casual around her brother. And I was like, no, like uh, my May is good for the comedy and stuff like that. Like I wanted her like she was so quiet and stoic when she showed up. And then yeah, I was like, especially nope. being mysterious and, you know, having uh, Rintaru following her in the uh, base. That was amazing stuff. I, I really enjoyed that uh, way of storytelling. But the way that she is now currently, she's one of my favorite characters um, other than a few others that we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. And I guess, uh, I don't know if I want to go over all 11 because that's going to be a lot to go over. Yeah. I guess we can pick and choose our favorite. I just know Sabella's was your favorite. Uh, Sibella and then uh, Kendon, uh, common writer Kendon, also known as Ren. He's my all time favorite. Nice. I, I, I still like Toma. I think it's because, you know, my love of books and writing and this and that. I was like, ah, Toma, definitely. But, man, uh, Tassel, 
<laughs> he's not a writer, but he's my favorite. I don't care what it says. I'm, Tassel's the best. Bon lecture. Exactly. And that's, yeah. So I, I, I have to have your opinion. What is your opinion? By the way, my, minor sto- uh, spoilers on this. Storios. All right. So Storios, uh, one of the best villains for monologues. He has one of the best henshins I've seen in a very long time. I just think if if we had the Solomon arc a little bit sooner and then we let into maybe Storios like a couple extra episodes leading up to it, maybe starting it sooner with building up him. But like the overall scheme of things, if you look back on it from all the way to the beginning of the show to now, like you the, the hints and the foreshadowing are there. It's not in your face where you could predict it like three, four, five episodes in, but it's definitely the seed was planted that this hell is going to go. Um, especially if you watch all the spinoff stuff, like the web series, the, like this and that, like you get kind of more depth to the whole sort of logos group and a little more backstory for 2000 years ago of everything. But even without that stuff, cause it's side material, even without that stuff, factored in it's Storos is still a really good villain i love like that actor does so good when you see the flashbacks and he's like happy go lucky and then you realize how much he can change his tone and body language it's night and day it's even i I was just about to bring up the flashback the flashbacks because talk about pacing when you do a tv show you have serious moments and then you put in the context of flashbacks that's been throughout the entire series of Saber. You it paints a picture and it's a wonderful picture of pain. It it, it really touches through a lot of different elements of emotions. Okay. And the chemistry between Storios and Toma is unbelievable. It's 10 out of 10. The casting is amazing. Oh, yeah. No, this is, like, one of the best, like, overall. Like, everyone was, I don't want to say perfectly cast, but they definitely did a great job uh, with casting. I think there's a lot of good chemistry, especially when you see, like, the chemistry between, like, Kento and Toma or rintero and toma or rintor and may and may and toma like everyone has slash nogami like everyone has good chemistry with each other yuri and tassel all right like and i'm kind of glad like tassel wasn't just like the introductory like bone lecture every episode like he fit into the story and was a major component of it like his flashback scenes uh, by the way, we already said it's spoilers because we are discussing episode one through 46, just not in, in order. episodic order or we're not going to go into each episode. We might give our thoughts on each arc because there are four arcs in total. But Tassel, the whole episode before and during when he died, the flashbacks, him and Storios talking in the woods and Tassel like apologizing. And I'm just like, man, I was like, how so, do people not like Tassel? Mark, I have a question for you. I know this is like uh, picking out who's your favorite kid, but what's your favorite fight scene? Oh, it's a tie between two of them. Okay. So, uh, 
obviously Kenzen and Desast. That piano, that music playing with the piano, oh. Oh, so good, so good. Then we have I do like in uh, episode forty five we had um, the fight with Kenzen it was fighting the sage and he used his uh the calamity strike which that was the fight itself wasn't just good but it was more or less the fact that like we had uh kind of like the resolve of the whole desast uh kenzen storyline because desast's book that was the last of the power in it because they already built up every time he uses uh the Desass was using the book and this and that it was dissipating more so the book disappeared the little sash disappeared and I was just like that calamity strike looks so good he was grabbing all the swords that were all around him in circles and just like hitting and I was like this is the best one of the best fights and that song in the Desass fight with uh Hansen, one of the best like the music from episode like 42 to 46 has been the best insert music we've had in a long time. Agreed. I'm huge on immersive worlds, immersive stories. And when that music hit was amazing. Like I was sucked in so much more. Oh yeah. Also, I think, uh, the, uh, was it, was it Zeus and Rintero when Rintero got his, what I'm calling the Snow Lion Senki book? And was that Zeus that he killed? Yes, because I think he was the yeah. uh, last of the three. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Um, For me, Ogami versus Toma on the pier. That was good. That was a good arc. That fight sequence for what it was, was amazing. I mean, to this day, that had so much emotion. And I I, I'm, I love the fight scene that you just mentioned. There's a few others that I'm really interested in. But if I had to pick one, Ogami versus uh, Toma, on the pier and it obviously at the very end uh with Savella stealing the books um still carrying the story but just that fight sequence was unbelievable oh yeah no definitely was because uh i especially when you know ogami was using his uh his big buster slash and Toma basically like blocked it. And they were both like, basically <laughs> they basically were trying to kill each other. And yeah. then you had Sora show up with May, And it's like, of course, like, you know, and I was like, that's so good. I am. <laughs> I was thinking about fights and I was just like, I really want, uh, I'm trying to find, cause you know, I, I have most of the specials. I haven't gotten the TV coon, uh, hyper battle video yet and i i want it because it actually has to do with um toma actually using yuri's ex-swordsman book really yes uh 
in the fact that, you know, and, and a few people are Ogami's in it, Sora's in it. Cause uh, I remember I'm looking up cause I have all my stuff open and I'm like, Oh, what haven't I seen? And I'm like, it's other than the superhero Sanki. This is the only thing I haven't seen. And apparently may wants to write a children's book. And so she's asking Toma to like help her. And I'm like, and then a uh, Megid shows up. Also, apparently they're Megids. I thought because of some of the earlier subs that I got, they called them Megados, but they're just Megid. Megids, so, okay. Uh, Megid, not Megans. <laughs> oh, Megids. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole bunch of Megans in here. Ugh. But uh, yeah, so they're Megid. And I'm like, well, then why were all the early subs? Because all the newer ones, they, well, the Megids aren't around anymore. But when they did, they, they called them Megids. But the earlier subs I had were calling them Megados. And I'm like, it always felt weird hearing it like that. But. But yeah, there's, yeah, it's not. Mm. Translations. Yeah, um, right. So who's your least favorite character and why? Uh, ooh, this is tough. Um, Because there's a lot. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Sophia. And it's, only because I get like we're not gonna talk about personal health and stuff of this and pandemic why she was off but it's just like there's such a plot hole because later on spoilers we find out she's apparently supposed to be like a clone embodiment of what Luna is supposed to represent or something like that and I'm just like "Mm, there hasn't been enough and now spoilers she got to be caliber which was cool scene seeing the previous uh caliber and the previous uh saber helping her and you know that was one of yuri's or tassel's last trick because even yuri said ah that uh thank you tassel like you know but from the standpoint of just character development and kind of like you figure like early on you know she was in every episode very pertinent to the i think the whole her being kidnapped it's not that was never really like fully fleshed out enough. And then it was kind of like I thought she was going to be like a pseudo leader or like an like a like a Professor Xavier for the X-Men, you know? Yeah. An overseer. Yeah. And just like kind of guiding them. And that really wasn't the case. So to, like, but that's what I kind of thought it was going to be. Um, actress was good. I think when she did have scenes, like even though it was a joking, fun scene when they were doing the whole scene with uh, the festival where they have to catch the noodles down the little bamboo sh- slides and stuff like that, I thought that was very entertaining. All the little like entertaining side of things where you get to see them break character is nice. Yeah, and I love how Flash was mm-hmm. having issues. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of issues. But, so, for your standpoint... Your least favorite character. So this is going to be controversial. Um, just because I wanted more development. Uh, and that is the uh, Falcon. Yes. Uh, okay. I get it. Because that special, the Phoenix Swordsman in the Book of Ruin, so good. That fight scene, amazing. I like his belt. I like the henshin. I like the, the actor. Uh, he's he was so good, but I I feel like 
because he was he was better in the special than he was when he was on the regular episodes of the show. Fact. But it's like I wanted more. I wanted more because he's a pivotal point of history. Yeah. Because he was one of the originals to try and like destroy the world, which also kind of contradicts the whole like tome of uh omniscience and like how everything's predetermined. So it's kinda like one of those things like when you think about it, this whole entire time, he was never going to be able to destroy the world. <laughs> right. And they don't really explain like to like if you didn't watch the special, you're just like, who the hell is this guy when he showed up on the show? Me, the whole entire time after the special we talked about, it, I was like, I want him on the show, put him in the show. And then I think he had some of the best fights. I enjoyed the whole like the finger up to the mouth going shh. But he goes to before he henshins like he, holding the sword it's on fire i'm like why do you have like the coolest henchin and the coolest poses like what is going on absolutely and uh now spoiler alert again um we get to see falchion again with a different user and i think defast as falchion so amazing 100 percent Oh yeah. Now, Desast is underrated because he is so he was he, yes, there was that time frame when it was kind of a lull period where all he was doing was just, you know, uh <laughs> eating noodles. I was like I'm trying to figure out like what no, they're just eating noodles. That's literally all they were doing. But he had like it the fact that he was even Toma brought it up where he's like, you know, you and Ren, like when Ren, he's like, you and Ren are a lot of what? Like, you know, and he's like, you have feelings too. And then these has like, Ugh. all right, I'm over this. I don't want to fight anymore. But it's just like from a Megan standpoint, he basically developed feelings and th- independent thought. The, the line that killed my soul was when Storios was just like, I just created you on a whim. No real purpose. Nothing. And I'm just like, oh, I was like, when do you care about a villain who's technically an anti-hero? Like, and he had all the best fights. And not only that, he his growth meant something. And then the entire arc with Ren, you know, it brought out the Ren that you wanted to see more. Because I remember when you asked me during episode 21 who my favorite writer was. And it's like, it's Kimden, and it's like, oh, well, that explains a lot about your personality. Yeah. But, you know... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Kento supposed to be as stagnant and stale after his uh, um, caliber run? I honestly don't know we get glints of like some depth every once in a while and i don't know if it's maybe he's still shaking off the effects of like being caliber and so doom and gloom because when he's caliber the whole time he's like it doesn't matter i've seen the future hasn't changed world ends and it's like the whole entire time that's like every episode and i'm like okay doom and gloom gotcha all right this is going somewhere but then 
you see like you know when he's uh you know rallying everyone no we got to believe in toma i believe he could do it and then we see him you know being entertaining when him and toma are dancing around and you know convincing luna to come see them because there's a whole time frame where luna thought the world would end even if she goes near toma and like we get little glints of like personality like it's kind of like the rintero thing like where rintero was so stagnant and stale and then every once in a while like unless so many clairs were brought up in the episode there was no like you know there was nothing really from him it wasn't really until you know the whole him finding himself after realizing these master logos was, you know, evil. That's when you finally got like Rintero out of his shell. We got like badass Rintero who's literally just like, nah, I'll fight. I got power. Let me go in this like hyperbolic time chamber from Dragon Ball Z and level up because there's so many Dragon Ball Z references in this season. There really and is. Rintero uh, has, especially during that whole noodle slide uh, sequence. You could tell he was uh, free as a bird. Yeah. But, you know, all the characters have their place. Especially Maya be- being the glue. Uh, Slash being, well, Slash. But I'm really excited to see what next episode will bring and then the epilogue. I know. I I've you know, I'm going I don't say this much, but if they decided to not give us revice and do something that they've never really done in the modern era go another season with Saber, I would actually be okay with that. I, all right. I'm just going to touch on this briefly because that's obviously not the case, but also I don't see how that would work because it, it's only because of one thing. If they didn't already have it set up in the plot point that everything was predetermined by the, the tome right. of omniscience, unless it was predetermined in the tome that Toma would win but then again, that would defeat the whole entire motivation of Storios because I mean, Storios would know it was going to happen the whole entire time. And so it's just like one of those like things where it's like, uh, no. Now, obviously, because we're getting an epilogue episode and uh, obviously we're going to get some films. I could see some stuff continuing there, maybe something. I, I think we are because... They've hit gold with the uh, after show movies and stories mm-hmm. with Zero One. Real X Time and The Presidents. Like, yeah, Zero One has been killing it. But we'll, we'll talk about movies in a bit. We'll get into, like, movie theories and, and what we think could be. Because if I remember correctly... Um, uh, there is, you know, there, there's a few zero one thing, but we don't know, you know, we can't, you know, guess what they're going to do, but we can get into that. But I want to break down really quick the, because this, 
Saber's broken into four arcs. So just a quick, we'll go over each arc in like our opinions and then load us some merch. So the first arc is episode one through 16, and this is the uh, Caliber arc, which is titled Caliber's Identity. So this arc focused on the Sword of Logos, uncovering the truth about this rogue common rider and their true identity. So this is like everything that's set up, you know, basically what we thought was going to be the long-term plot, but really introduced like a lot of the, obviously a lot of the characters because it was episode one through 16, set up the Megids, set up, you know, the multiple types of books and how the forms were going to work. And this was our first real bad guy that was consistent, so to speak. So what did you think about the caliber arc? I really enjoyed it. Um, there was a few points where I was wondering where they were going. But I think it was actually done very well. And by episode 15, I was so ready uh, for the next coming uh, arc. Because 16 did so much. I mean, yeah, they killed Kento in 16. I mean, literally, they killed. It's like they did so much of that. It's like, yeah, 15 and 16. With 15, we got Kento getting like just his ass handed to him, all beat up, basically practically immobile, bandaged up in a bed. And then in 16, he's like, I'll still go over there and fight. It's like limping over, dragging a leg, and just being like, it's just a flesh wound. I got this. Don't worry. But. That gave us the best motivational speech to Toma. Oh yeah, and um, it was it was good. Like I always liked the whole who's this mystery villain, especially because it wasn't like it wasn't a Megid. It was an actual common rider. So it's like ooh, evil common rider. And plus, at the time, we didn't have eleven common riders, so it was still just you know mainly Kento, uh, Rintero. And Toma, but, you know, Slash was obviously there, but he was mainly, you know, sharpening the swords and analyzing the books and powers of that. And we had Kenzin, who was still training. It was told he wasn't ready to go out in the field. Then we had, you know, Ogami just being like the the elder of everybody. At the point in 1 through 16, Kenzin was the annoying little brother. Yeah, basically to Kanto. He's like, I want to, yeah. I want to go. It's like, I want to go. I want candy. <laughs> like, let's go. But when you were saying, uh, "Who is this?" I went to Thursman. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, uh, when I think it's base form. Uh, the narrator will go, "Who's this?" Right. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good. Plus, also every episode was introduced at the time by Tassel. This is before Tassel abandoned us for the beginnings, and that had been issues. Right. Tassel, right? And uh, so yeah, the whole caliber one with Kento dying led into arc two, which is episode seventeen through twenty-eight, the Southern Bases Conspiracy. So this is the arc that focused on the Sword of Logos Northern Base members uncovering a conspiracy from the Southern Base. And this is when Toma was labeled a traitor, and we got the introduction to another new rider with Yuri 
and the whole entire arc of this was basically um toma trying to convince everyone to join back up to with him and that master logos was evil and we got the two other writers introduced of Sabella and Darendal. And this was, this is when the pacing got, this is when the show picked up because the first 16 episodes kind of slow and, you know, I'm not going to say boring because it was story and character development, but they just, they didn't have a lot of substance to them. It almost turned into a monster of the week almost for a bit, but this is when it was just like, all right, we got Toma versus Rentero. Toma versus freaking your um, slash and versus in your favorite fight scene versus Ogami. Yep. And so good. Now I have a question. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when they introduced that they wanted to destroy all the weapons. Uh, this is when, or that uh, the next, arc. no, this was when master of logos was trying to collect them all from the traitor like okay. this is when tomo's a traitor and they're like we need his book we need his sword he's the one who's behind all of this when obviously it was master logos and that's when you know we got sabella with all her crazy smoke fighting this is also when we led into kenzen leaving and uh well towards the end of it but i mean we got a great fight between you know uh slash and saber because that's what he's like listen he's like i'm gonna listen to your weapon and he's like the weapon was glowing and he knew that's when tomo was able to like awaken his weapon then obviously we got the great ogami fight and yeah it was you know introducing a yuri so this was like one of those arcs where it was just like all right we're just going to you know because uh, when they sealed the swords when when they you know when flash is Sort of that this arc or the next? No, that's that's the next arc. Okay, sorry. I yeah. the All next right. arc is the fall of the order, and that's when everyone now uh, from the northern base is going after Master Logos because he's trying to create the greater book, and that's when he's uh, you know basically sealing the blades. We get okay. Falcon back it, from. Uh, the show. This is also in the time frame when we see like Legale and Zeus defeated, and this is when we get basically the uh, Sol- Comrade Solomon. So, and this is when Luna finally comes back. This is also when we get more backstory to the book of the greater book or the book of you know. And then there's a lot in this one. This is when it was like okay, there's some filler episodes, but the continuation story this is also the time frame when there was a lot of uh noodles a lot of a lot of so, ran and desass ramen the end of earth 2 was uh a primitive dragon right that was towards that was during it like towards the end of it is when he got elemental okay because primitive was still when they were like uh do we do this and then elemental yeah i i I combine the two um but it's also a time frame when caliber's back right and kenta (laughs) and doom and gloom the whole Uh time there's also the arc where well between the conspiracy arc and arc three 
they they also showed the time frame where they were like uh Storios and Zeus they were able to actually take the Megid books and turn humans into Megids which wasn't the case earlier in the season so this is when like May was turned into one of those twin uh food eater competitive eaters and the snap which also plays something later on with the anyone who was affected by the books and turned into Megids can actually see the wonder world taking over our world but that was the art where they set up a lot of stuff and especially so arc two and arc three were kind of a part one and part two part one is okay Thomas the traitor he needs to get everyone back on his side and show that he's not and part two was okay now that they figured out the real bad guy now they need to stop him from taking over everything because man Solomon was great I liked Solomon's freaking transformations when he had the big books over all the big city in his head he's like i want everyone to fight and destroy each other he's like maybe i'll let you live go and arc four arc four is current and this is a quick arc because arc three was episode 29 to 40 so the final arc is literally episode 41 to 47 and it's called storios's endgame and this arc focuses on both branches of the Sword of Logos joining forces to save the world as Storios uh, has betrayed Master Logos and becomes Comrade Storios, and he wants to destroy the world. Um, yeah. I Shocker. Mean, really? You're telling me that Storios is trying to destroy the world? Didn't see that, that one coming. This is my favorite arc. Honestly, Like I liked our, the second arc, the conspiracy one, where Toma's trying to get everyone to join because there's a lot of good fights, a lot of good character development and motivation and personality to each individual rider. But, man, the final arc with Storios, just the monologues, the body, like, this is, like, really good. I kind of wish this arc started around, like, episode 34 or 35 just so we could have got a good 10 to 12 episodes of it. But the buildup, and him kind of being in the shadows for most of the show as how bad, much of a bad guy he really is. Mm, delicious. Agreed. And now you've been watching every single week. I had to catch up all in a day. And I'm, I, I'm glad that I did it that way just because I got to enjoy each episode and go to the next one and not uh wait yeah Um, like you and most of the stuff now is like fresh in your mind whereas i'm watching every week i mean obviously i rewatched uh 44 45 and 46 over the weekend because 46 dropped and i was like i need to watch this again because they're some of the best episodes but yeah so cross saber by far the greatest attacks. Oh yeah. I I, I want to say so many, so much of the fight with Storios. Right. And even before that, when he first became Cross Saber, like that henchin, like freaking nighttime, all the swords like going up in the sky, like this. Yeah, like, this is one of the best sequences I've ever seen. Agreed. They put a budget into it. Um, you know, it's kind of on uh, par with uh, King Form with Blade. Oh, yeah, with all the cards and... Yeah. It, you know, that was... To me, though, the nice throwback. Oh, yeah. 
And I mean, they've done it with a few other ones, but yeah, it's cross saber is really good. There's a lot of good forms. I mean, the snow lion form, I'm kind of mad because we brushed on about like, so DSAS got to use the Phoenix swordsman pension, this and that, which was awesome, especially because he kept his sword and how he holds the swords when he fights. But the fact that Ren had the sword, nothing with it, and then left the sword. And I'm like, how are you guys just going to leave? Like, I was like, no, he should put just put the Phoenix book inside your little your little ninja swords and see what happens. Just try it one time. What's the worst that could happen? Just try it real quick. You don't know what's going to like. Give it a chance. Give it to give it to Slash. Then he got like a Phoenix gun or something. I don't know. Like that. If the Phoenix Swordsman was such a powerful writer, the fact that like no one decided to use his book or his device like it's like why i use it oh no i would too but yeah i mean and now you know we're we're at the end we're at the end of the show one episode left and i like the title of it so 46 the title was like farewell my hero and then this one is the end of the world the story that is born and i'm like ah i can't wait like but yeah so now one of the main things about the show, and now we're going to get into merch really quickly before we end the episode. Just going to end it on merch. Uh, the main thing, obviously, is books. So, obviously, the merch, there's been a lot of Wonder Ride books. And what is some of your favorite books? Peter Pan. Uh, Peter Fantasia, I think, is the actual name of the book, uh, which hasn't been used since the first right. uh I, I, but the Wonder Ride books that I'm really interested in, in all seriousness, um, the uh, a Snow Lion book, that is very complexity. So good. Go ahead. I was like, it's so good as I'm looking at it because I have it. <laughs> uh, but actually, another book that you have on your shelf is uh, Draconic Night. Yep. That is very underwhelming because it kind of got dwarfed by primitive dragon and uh emotional dragon because it was a great form a great story but another wonder i book that i think is underwhelming you know not a lot of there is darendolf Oh, I, he's one of the ones, like, I like the idea that his weapon could be a trident or a sword. That element of it is so cool. Um, I do like the ocean story. I think it's like, I have, you know, it, it looks really cool. The sound effects on it and this and that, like, I just, I don't, it's tough to like, be like, okay, like I'm strictly going purely on like aesthetics for the books. Like, cause it's like, yeah, like crimson dragon for uh blade or saber not blades blades has he does the peter fantasia and he basically has lion one but like you know having the storm eagle with the brave dragon and all the different combinations like you have you know espada using his lamp one and triceratops and the needle hedgehog for his form and i'm kind of mad honestly that like kento didn't get a an upgrade form like only realistically only toma and rentero got upgraded forms yes and caliber only has um caliber and jaku dragon but 
It also makes sense because when you think about it, realistically, Rintero is the, the secondary rider and everyone else is just kind of like supporting cast riders. Kind of like when you go back to like, uh, you know, Zero One, like, yeah, uh, the shot rise for Vulcan, like shooting Wolf, like he was kind of the secondary, but there was other ones like Cheetah, this, that, those were all second. Those were like supporting ones, but he was really the secondary. And so it's like, it makes sense for Rintero, but I was like, without one episode left, I'm like, I don't think anyone else is other than Toma's getting a, another form or another new. Well, we know he's getting a new book, but if the price point was a little bit better, the Storios Wonder Ride book would look great on my wall. Oh, well, the good thing is that the combo, so you get Storios and Solomon. Correct. That's why that's why the price point is actually good for it, because I'm like, oh, man, like that's I was like both okay like i'm okay that's not that's not too bad i mean for the price point i mean it is kind of expensive um as of right now through if the easiest way to get it from a u.s standpoint is through Toku collectibles it is 115 it does come with the belt and both books not bad um but it's not coming out till january of next year all right, Which, and yeah. <laughs> I have nothing else to uh, say there, sir. Yeah, so it's like there's a lot, you know, with the books. Like, for me, I love my Elemental and uh, and Primitive Dragon books. The one form that was a special, it was shown really quick in the show, Emotional Dragon, like, because it's the only time, really, he got a sword and a shield, which, we like, I assumed he would be a lot sooner. Especially because, you know, the Sword of Arthur book and Knights of the Round. You figure they would have gave him a sword and a shield at least more than once. But, I mean, for me, anyone who follows me on social media and seen the YouTube videos knows I basically have about 90% of the Wonder Ride books in my collection. Uh, I can't pick a favorite. I like, you know, the Snow Lion book. I like, you know, Emotional Dragon, Primitive Dragon. The, uh, the Dragonic Knight book itself is so good. The amount of sounds and like the, the the dialogue on it, the quality is great. There's just a lot, and obviously we didn't get to talk about every form. We're not going to do that in this episode because we're just talking about like the story, the show, characters, this and that. Because if you're going to talk forms, we don't know what if the show's not over yet, and there might be some movie forms. So, and we haven't seen Superhero Senki because it was not really subtitled. It's in theaters in Japan, so it's like can't really rank them all until everything's out. So we're not going to rank and discuss every form. That will be an episode down the road. But with that being said, any uh, final thoughts on Saber up until now? I cannot wait for the final two episodes, and I will be watching uh, when they are available. 100%. Like, I'm, I, I think this, honestly, now I'm thinking about it, this is going to, this could be, like, round out my top five for favorite seasons. Because... Ghost is in there, Blade obviously, and now Saber. I'd put Ryuki in there and Wizard. So it's like Saber's definitely very appealing, great show. I think like if you take it at face value and you're not like nitpicky and you just enjoy it from an entertainment standpoint, it's really good. But that is our leading up to the finale we might do a quick little special when the show's over just discussing the finale only as like a quick little side bonus episode but if you haven't already 
go check us out on all major podcasting platforms. Leave us those little five star review skis and stuff like that. And we thank you for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode.